0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: You know that in both Old and New Testaments, there are things that God wants the human race to know. Hi, Alex McFarland here. Welcome to Exploring the Word. This is the American Family Radio Network, and Exploring the Word is the program where we look at the Bible, and then we take Bible questions as well, Bert Harper and myself, every afternoon. We're so glad you're listening. By the way, we're going to be in Psalm 83, in the Old Testament book of Psalms, Psalm 83. And Bert, uh, a couple of things that I believe God wants people to know. In the New Testament, it says that we would know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So the New Testament tells us that God wants us to know about Jesus. But Psalm 83 says in verse 18 that men may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. God wants the human race to know him and to have a personal relationship with the Savior. Isn't that wonderful?
2: It is. That's God's desire for you. He desires that for each person that we know. And uh as you read Psalm eighty three, you'll find out that some of these that he desires to know are very angry and antagonistic and even hate God but God still wants them to know that he is Lord. What a God we serve. And here on Exploring the Word, we love to share him with others. By the way, Alex, I want to say a big thank you to Jim Stanley for setting in for two days, Monday and Tuesday this week. I was out and about, have to tell you, family, grandchildren, and uh, just enjoyed that time. But I know Jim was a blessing to you. And we thank God for Jim and his willingness to sit in from time to time.
1: Well, amen. And, and you know, folks, I want to tell you, uh, you might hear Bert and me on the radio, but I want to tell you the American Family Radio Network is a team, a team of wonderful people. Some are behind the microphone. Some are behind the soundboard turning all the knobs. But every now and then I'll get stuck on an airplane, and uh, we, we'll call Jim Stanley on very short notice sometimes. And he always comes through, and we we value him so much, don't we?
2: We do, and we thank God for him. And again, it is a pleasure for us to work together, be together, and it's a team. And uh, so here in Psalm 83, I want to share with you, it starts off strong, it ends strong, and in the middle you have some uh, nations that have worked together to do away with Israel or anything the reason they want to do away with Israel is because God is the God of Israel, and yeah. and the principle of God being a God of a nation, a church, uh, even a denomination, uh, those principles still ring true today. That there's going to be those that come against them, but the final outcome, uh, it says, and before you get to eighteen, is this: let them be confounded and dismayed forever. And and so, Alex, that. It is a losing battle that the enemy is fighting against us. Isn't right. that great to know?
1: Well, it is. And, and you know, folks, part of the reason that we've been in Psalms uh, for several weeks, and in fact, uh, truth be told, Bert and I, we had kind of a different track of some uh, books of the Bible we were going to study, you know, that would have started probably late February, early March. But with all that's going on in the world and uh, Russia and the Ukraine and the war over there and just the tragedy of, um, you know, what what man is doing to man and the death toll and children without their parents and uh, instability around the world, nuclear weapons in the Middle East, China, uh, you know, flexing their uh, political and military muscles, we just felt like it was time to go to the Psalms, Seek comfort from God, seek wisdom and peace from God. And that's why we're in the Psalms uh, right now for a while. But, Bert, uh, Psalm 83 says, Keep not thou silence, O God, hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, in other words, an uprising, a storm. A lot of uh, a lot of commotion, the enemies of God are just making a noise, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. Now, Bert, do you remember back in Psalm, uh, the second Psalm, asked this question, I always, when I was younger, I was just really... uh, mystified by these words it says why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against the lord that's like what we read in psalm 83 here that the enemies of god have taken crafty counsel against god and his people but i want to say this the the heathen rage like a tumult it says and they imagine a vain thing. Now, what is the vain thing that a lost world might imagine? That they could overthrow God? That they could live without God? That they could break God's laws with no consequences? That's vanity to think that, isn't it?
2: It is. And, and that's what Satan, we find out he does, Ezekiel and Isaiah, They talk about Lucifer and him lifting up his throne and desiring to lift up his throne above the Most High. And it has passed on uh, not just Satan, but his minions and then those that he's infiltrated and influenced uh, again to that rebellion. Verse 1, I think, speaks though first. I, I really wanted to see this, and it really spoke to me. Sometimes it seems heaven is silent. Uh I, I've been there going through difficult times in my life, uh, looking for answers from God. And, and it seemed like I wasn't hearing anything. It was silence. And here the psalmist, it's Aesop here, not David. He says, do not keep silent, O God. And, and Alex, sometimes I believe God's silence is purposeful. It is letting us understand uh, remember, uh, the the Israelites, the Hebrews were in Egypt, and for 400 years after uh, they had been there, and after Joseph had died and the Pharaoh forgot Joseph, the Pharaohs came against them, and great persecution fell upon them. And it says they cried out to God, and they were crying. And for 80 years, God had answered their prayers, but they did not know it. Because 40 years, Moses had been born and was in the house of Pharaoh. And the next 40 years, after he was run out of Egypt, he spent 40 years in the wilderness watching over the sheep. And then God called him at the burning bush to go back. But for those 80 years, God had already uh, prepared and was ready for what he was going to do but they honestly did not know it. It was when heaven is silent. Those are difficult. Other people call it when you're in God's waiting room. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, now husbands now these days, fathers uh, get to go in to see the baby's birth, but years ago they always had to stay out in a waiting room and they'd walk and wonder until the doctor would come out and say, it's a boy or it's a girl. And uh, But being in God's waiting room and when heaven is silent, I, uh, you know, that's those are the times that they they test man's souls during those times, Alex.
1: They really do. That they, they really do. And listen, if you have walked with the Lord long at all, or if you've matured in in your uh, knowledge of the Lord, and you know how to, uh, some of the wisest things we can ever do is to wait on God. And I want to tell you, there's always blessing. And there's always benefit from trusting in God and waiting in God, waiting on God. Um, God's waiting room. It might not seem fun for the moment, but good things come from it. But I, I want to pull something out here, and I, we're only in these first several verses. Psalm 83, by the way, has a total of 18. I don't don't know if we can scour it all today, but this is fascinating because I want to say this, Bert. Let me just throw this question out: Wouldn't it surprise us? if we knew who in this world really had the power and the reason I say that is because um, you know I think about there's what the world sees I mean there are celebrities there's famous people wealthy people people with tens of millions of uh, social media followers but you know what they don't have the power they think they do it just might be that the people in this world that really wield the power. We might not really know till we get to heaven. I would submit, Bert, there's probably some grandmother on her knees in prayer, in touch with heaven, that that probably wields more power than anyone in the halls of Congress. Now, it says this, God's enemies, verse 2, make a tumult, stirring things up. They that hate thee have lifted up their head, right? They've taken crafty counsel against thy people, against God's people, the Israelites. Nowadays, there are people that uh, take counsel against the church. They don't like God. They don't like religious freedom. They don't like life and marriage and morality. All right. And it says they have consulted against thy hidden ones. Now, the wording there uh, means God's rulers. Now, Sometimes God's rulers are, are hidden and not well-known. Uh, sometimes they are known. There's Billy Graham. There's, you know, uh, leaders that we love and revere, right? But the world, they don't know uh, the battle isn't flesh and blood. And I want to say the good news, Bert, people can make schemes and plans and fight God and even persecute the church, but they cannot stop the prayers of God's people. They cannot obstruct the movement of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is powerful and doesn't return void. And so, you know, that's why it's vanity on the part of a fallen world. They can throw any stones they want to throw, but God and God's presence among his people will not be denied.
2: Amen, Alex. And notice this, all of that Craftedness, all of that consulting starts because they hate God. Look at the second part of verse 2. And those who hate you, they hate their God haters. Um, and, and I, I they do. They'll say God doesn't exist, but they hate him. You know? And mm. and that's the backward talk of Isn't the that enemies. Crazy? Of God. Yes, they are. And, and it's just completely. Uh, wrong in logic. It's completely wrong in biblical terms, but it's completely wrong against nature. and, And as they said, nature's God. And so they hate you. And so what should we expect? Okay? What yeah. should we expect from those who hate God? If we're following God, we love God, and we want to stand with Him, uh, then that hate will come automatically to us. And that's the reason they've taken crafty counsel. Now, that's the word, not just counsel, but crafty. Here's Scheming. Exactly. Now, there's another word that it means, hidden. They really hide motives. When their real motive is to get rid of, quote, God, get rid of God's followers, they want to make it in something else. They always have to disguise it. Satan always disguises his motives. He's going to present it as something that is good, but in reality, it's harsh, and that's what God does Uh, Satan does, but God stands, as you said, a powerful prayer warrior. They're strong. And listen, there's one thing we can be in a church. We all can't be pastors and soloists and teachers, but we can all be prayer warriors, Alex.
1: Amen. Amen. Folks, this is Exploring the Word. We're in Psalm 83, Bert Harper, Alex McFarlane, and and you. We're so glad that you're listening. Stay tuned. We're going to come back, plus your Bible questions and calls. Don't go... This is Pause to Pray, a chance
0: each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for James Hirsch, director of the Defense Security Cooperation Agency. His office works to advance U.S. defense and foreign policy interests by building the capacity of U.S. allies and partner nations to respond to shared challenges. Ecclesiastes 4.9 reminds us of the importance of cooperation. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for James Hirsch as he works to create a safer and more secure country and world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at paustopray.org.
0: When we recite the Lord's prayer, we pray for God's kingdom to come. Dr. Tony Evans says the prayer also explains how that can happen. So why isn't the world more kingdom-like? We'll find out today as we spend two minutes with Tony.
3: When you merge onto a highway, the traffic is going in a particular direction. There is an adjustment no matter what the size of your vehicle happens to be. You must adjust to where the traffic is headed. If you try to go your own way, you're creating a disaster. God is going somewhere. And where he is going is the building of his kingdom. Thy kingdom come. And what God is asking you to do is to merge into where he's going. And the way that you merge into his kingdom program is prioritizing his will over yours. Thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The way you get to see his kingdom is by surrendering to his will. If you're praying for his kingdom, but you're not willing to be surrendered to his will, then you don't get the kingdom part because he didn't get the will part. Thy kingdom come, and the way that will happen is thy will is being done which means if I want heaven on earth, then I must be willing to submit to his will on earth so that heaven is free to make its presence on earth.
0: Learn more principles that can get you connected with God and his power. Check out Tony's CD series, The Lord's Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony.
1: In Him we were also chosen as God's own,
0: having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything by the counsel of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
2: Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bertie and Alex with you today. And we hope you're having a good day today. And uh, so we're in Psalm 83. It's an unusual psalm. It's not one of those psalms you've probably memorized or turned to for comfort. But there's some comfort here. And notice what this, we've gone through verses 1, 2, and 3. And they were consulting together against God. Now here's what they said. Come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. Now, notice that. In other words, they're coming against Israel, but in reality, they're coming against God. Now, let's look at that Israel. We want to make them so they're not remembered anymore. Now, who's making this confederacy? Let me read out the names. Edom, the Ishmaelites, Moab, Hagarites, Gibeah, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, Assyria. Now, Alex, let me see. Most of them, you can't even find them on the map anymore. And they wanted Israel to be not remembered. But guess what's there? Right where that spot is. The nation of Israel is still there.
1: I was going to say, guess who's remembered (laughs) and who really isn't remembered anymore.
2: That's it. That's the whole idea. And that was their dog that's the way it's going to be now when you look at this we look at it through history we know this but let's let's think it through they're really wanting to get rid of god and at the end the same thing is going to happen those who come against god and you may change the names of the nations from edom and ishmaelites you may change the names to even individuals or corporations or individuals but guess what? God's name will be remembered. It will stand forever, Alex.
1: Well, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, there's just so much in the the wording here. And I want to I want to give the number because in a few moments we're going to take Bible questions. And it's 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Yesterday, Bert, I think we kind of had Texas Tuesday because we were just inundated with calls from Texas yesterday, and that's a blessing. But wherever you are in America, we're going to get to your Bible questions in just a moment. And uh, just some real good questions. But let me just say this. You mentioned all these nations, which Israel still exists. God is still God. Most of these nations no longer exist. Um, The people groups like the Ishmaelites, that's, um, well, Arabic people and largely Muslims. But notice all of these people, all of these groups, the Moabites, the Edomites, they either militarily, economically, spiritually, uh, in one way or another, culturally, they fought against Israel, they fought against God, they tried to subdue the Jewish people and thereby subjugate the, the plans of God. They represent the even the different ways that people fight against the gospel now, culturally, politically, governmentally. Uh, morally legally they try to stand against truth now i've got to pull one word out here and then i'm going to throw it back to you in verse 5 speaking of the 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 league of nations of a lost world for they have consulted together with one consent they are confederate against thee now the word there means an alliance or a grouping okay let's get together and you know we can we can shut the church down we'll We'll silence these annoying (laughs) Jesus people, right? Well, the word, they make a confederacy or an alliance to stand against God. Guess what the word is, folks? That word there in Psalm 83.5 is the word covenant. Now, I want to ask you, what covenant are you under? You're either under the salvation covenant with Christ, or you're under the secular covenant and and we've said it many times there's there's 10,000 ways to go to hell there's one way to go to heaven and and don't don't be under some covenant of the world and it it could be well if it feels good do it or just we're going to usher in utopia and we'll have a one world government look there's all kind of false lies the devil is going to offer you but there's only one covenant that will take you to heaven And that's called the New Covenant. Jesus shed his blood to put us under that covenant. And Bert, isn't it something? It's as old as time itself. The confederations, a fallen world, has made with each other to stand against God. And yet, there is a covenant, God's covenant of love and forgiveness, isn't there?
2: There is. And notice the group in here. It's hard. There's, uh, you know, I've read and tried to say, was there a time uh, in the Bible history that you could find all these nations coming against Israel at one time. It's not necessarily talking about a time frame of one battle. But Simultaneously. It's ta- it, you're right. It's talking about continual. So in place of thinking of simultaneous, think of continual. It has come against them continual. But notice verse 8. There's a little bit di- difference in the, how they're doing it here. Assyria has joined with them. In other words, here's the ones, and there's those that join in. uh, When they think, okay, now's the time for me to come out and be a part of this, I'll do it now. That's the first thing. And then the other one, they they have helped the children of Lot. In other words, there's a conspiracy from the very beginning. Uh, There's a conspiracy to come against God's people, whomever it is, the Israelites there, God's people today, the church today, whoever it is to come against, and they join together, and they help. They join together. Different ones do it in different ways. But the whole idea is come out from among them and be your separate, saith the Lord. You have to step out. You can't join in with this group. You have to separate yourself. Be holy, for God is holy. And that's what we're to be uh, we, if you're a Christian, you're you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and He dwells in you. And so the whole idea is, yes, you've got those that are against God and against anything that has to do with God, including His people. And yet, we understand they will join together. Uh, if it, if they all came together at one time, Alex, I think that time is coming. Uh, it's called the tribulation, when all the yeah. evil forces was, would come against Israel at one time. They're going to do, but they're going to fail even even if this is not simultaneously and continual. There's going to be a time when all the nations come against, but they're going to fail at as well in that day.
1: Yes, they will. They will. And you know what? Uh, humanity has attempted this. I mean, I think a bird as far back as like the Tower of Babel. Satan has tried to bring this to pass a time or two, but there's going to be the gathering of the nations. Um, Bert, when you went to the Holy Land, did you go to the Valley of Megiddo?
2: I sure did, yes. Th-
1: this vast, vast open plain. And it's been far a place
2: as- of many battles before.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, different historians have said if if there was the ultimate place for a battle, it would be the valley of Megiddo. You know, this as plain as far as you can see. And one day, two billion soldiers are going to gather there to fight against God. Now now here's the thing, I think this is just very interesting. Verse 10 talks about all these nations that perished uh, and became as some translations say, refuse. For the earth, or like the the garbage or the dirt, yep. it's really the word like dung. Dung,
2: yeah. It, Verse nine and ten both. Notice and and let me say this. Remember where you are. But most of these examples come out of the book of Judges, when God would raise up a deliverer and the enemy would be destroyed. The whole thing's deliver. Our deliverer is the Lord Jesus. So go ahead, Alex. I just I love that idea.
1: <laughs> well, um, the the Bible. Really, the Bible sheds light on the Bible. Now we've we've heard of Psalm 23 that says, "The Lord is my shepherd, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And it really means pleasant habitations. Now verse 12 talks about all these you know the the, the evil despots, the fallen people of the world, right? And what what covenant were they trying to make and what scheme were they trying to hatch? Well, it says, let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. All right. And some some translations say, the the pastures of God. Let us take as a possession the pastures of God. Now, that's the very same wording that we found in Psalm 23. Now here's here's the thing I wanted to say. Um it really means, uh, let's take possession. Uh, it means dispossess, the wording there. Let's dispossess what is God's and the inheritance of God's people. Now, let me say this, folks. Down here, there there are robberies and theft, but you don't steal from God. Uh, God's hands are bigger than we can snatch anything out of, and God's arms are stronger than we can Break something loose for. But let, let me say this. The world cannot steal from God, though they might try. But the world can offer counterfeit peace and joy and fulfillment and purpose. In other words, that the habitations and the pleasant pastures that that can only come from knowing the, the living God. I want to tell you, real peace, real security, real Fulfillment, purpose in life, just stability, and for lack of a better word, Bert, let me let me throw a word out here. Let's just call it satisfaction. To to be okay with yourself, to have peace in your soul, to um, just be have that tranquility and satisfaction. You're not going to find it in a bottle from the liquor store. You're not going to find it in the illicit relationships or any of the things the world, you're not gonna, you can't buy it on a credit card. The pleasant places, the pastures of God, that the world is trying to dispossess. The only way to get it is with Christ, the Savior. And Bert, isn't it something? And I, I, I don't mean to spiritualize too much, but we, we men, we quest after things. I've, I've counseled with men who had achieved a whole lot of things and they still felt empty i'm going to tell you no matter who you are that thing that thing that you're searching for it's it's right as close by as a prayer it's jesus he will put you in the pleasant pasture why is it pleasant because he's there and he wants to you to be with him
2: alex a good new testament Illustration of that is the storm and Jesus in the boat sleeping. He was calm, but the disciples were, they were fearful. They were afraid. Uh, they w- didn't know what to do. They were trying their best to bring that boat under control. Jesus was sleeping. And they go down and says, do you not care that we're perish? And uh, Jesus awakes, and he says, oh, you of little faith. Now, why would he say, oh, you of little faith? One reason. I'm in the boat. (laughs) I'm in the Uh, boat. You think the boat's going to go down? And I'm in the boat. And and so he comes. Yeah, I'm right here. Yes, I'm here. And he speaks peace. Now, again, this is one of the things I want to, when I get to heaven, I hope I'll find out or know or be able to ask uh, he said, peace be still, and, and all of a sudden, around the boat, there was the, the storm quit raging. Now, I know he could it could have been over the whole sea, but if it's usually the way it is in our lives and the peace he brings in our lives, the storm is still raging outwardly. Out there, we still see the storm But he brings peace into us, into our lives. And here it is with these pastures, uh, you know, that we're talking about from Psalm 23, the pastures that that Satan is not his to to take away or to give, you know. Uh, If we do, we're letting him. He's playing, and I'm going to use it, mind games in order for us to not have that peace that passes understanding in these pleasant places, Alex. But we Mm. can have them even in the world that we're in, and and I just feel led, uh, if you don't mind, let's stop here at 13, And because I feel led that we need to pray. God just laid it on my heart. Uh, as long as I'm on the program, let's try to pray each day, especially for what's going on in the world. I've been hearing a lot of great ministries that's going on in and around Poland and Ukraine with ministries going in and making a difference and Mm. Alex, that excites me. I feel led to pray for those Amen. that are really trying to make a difference in there with food, shelter, but also spiritual counsel. I, I just mm. feel led to pay, pray for them today. Would you mind us doing that? Yes. Would you lead us? I will. Father, I thank you that as we have studied this Psalm 83 and and the enemy and and. The, the harassment and the consulting and all the things that come against God's people. There's some godly people there that are being hurt besides just a nation being mistreated. But there's people that have been driven from their homes. But, Father, there's people there, of ministry, some of them, they've gone on their own. Others are a part of things like the Samaritan's Purse, uh, blessings from God. Uh, People that are on the ground, they are trying to help to bring food, to bring clothing, to bring medical care, and Father, they are making a difference. I pray for their protection. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just help them engage those people who have who have been displaced from their homes, and they're yeah. they're con- concerned about it. We pray that Lord Jesus, that you would bring a spirit of calmness in the midst of a storm. And, Father, that peace that passes understanding, those that are believers that have been hurt, those that are staying there and fighting, I pray that there would be a testimony of your grace and your mercy. And, Father, we pray that you would do your work, that you would ultimately get glory even out of chaos. We're praying this and asking you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. That's powerful. And folks, we want to hear from you in just a moment after this very brief break. We're going to open up the phone lines. The number 888-589-8840. It's 888-589-8840. This is Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. Your Bible questions and more after this.
0: What is the most important truth that you'll ever hear? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. What is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ? The cross of Jesus Christ just screams out, I love you. Discover the power that is available to you through the cross of Christ. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart each weeknight at 6 central here on American Family Radio.
2: Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to the most recent reports provided by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, researchers looked at fertility rates for women of all age groups and ethnicities and found the nationwide rate was 16% lower than what is needed for a population to replace itself. There has been much discussion about the demographic winter in various European countries. Well, that demographic winter has reached the United States. The first command God gave mankind in Scripture was be fruitful, but man has the penchant to fancy his own ways over God's. Rejecting God's ways always carries severe
0: consequences. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, Public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. First Corinthians chapter two, verse twelve says, "Now we have received the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God." My mom and dad recently purchased a new SUV. When they picked it up, the salesman spent over two hours showing them all the features until they understood how to ring every bell and blow every whistle. The salesman wasn't trying to sell something new, he was showing them what they already had. Well, God's Holy Spirit lives in every believer, and one of His roles is to show us the blessings we already have in Christ, His wisdom, His peace, and the truth of His Word. Today, praise God for the guidance of the Holy Spirit as you live for Jesus. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Now, back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about
3: the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so
2: that we could be born again. Welcome it's back to Exploring the, the Word. Uh, we're getting calls. They're coming in. We may take as many as we try to. I guarantee you, we get as many as we can. But I just need to say a word. Last week, we were in Nashville at NRB, and I haven't been on since we left there, but what a joy it was to meet so many people that we at AFR are in partnership with, and it was a joy to visit them and work with them, and so praise the Lord, Alex, for that opportunity. It was great, wasn't it?
1: Amen. Well, it really was, and and you and I saw a number of well-known, well-known Christian leaders that we respect so much, and they were telling me they listened to Exploring the Word, and I said, wow, that's awesome, and all of you all that are listening, we give God the glory for each and every one of you. We give God the praise. The number is 888 589 Bert, you ready to answer? Ready to go. Let's see what we can do. Well, how about we go down to Texas? Uh, Joe in Texas, are you there?
2: Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, what's your go question, ahead. Joe? Yeah, uh, can you read Romans 8-1 and explain that to me, please? Okay, I'll read it, Alex. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what it says in many of the translations. In the King James and New King James, it is added, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And uh, if you'll look in verse 5, Joe, notice what it says in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And again, Alex, um, chapter 8, there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, period. If you're in Christ, there's the condemnation is not there. There's, there's redemption, mm-hmm. and there is deliverance, but not condemnation, brother.
1: Amen. Joe, did you have a question related to Romans 8? He
2: just said explain it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you know, it's like you said, I mean, it's been building up how Christ paid our sins and uh, his righteousness is ours. And Romans 7, Paul talks about we're espoused to Jesus. So, uh, in light of all these things, I mean, the law has been fulfilled. And in light of Jesus and all he did, there's no condemnation to those who were in Christ. That's good news, isn't
2: it? It is. Now, let me just share the reason uh, some versions. They stop, they do not have, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In verse four, that's the exact quote, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Uh, And many of the manuscripts do not have that last phrase in verse one. Just let me be honest, I don't usually go over this. And so what they did in some of the commentaries, they went down to verse four, and brought up that phrase, who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit, and put it there because that just seemed too strong. But the Bible makes it plain. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're not condemned. That is a fact. That's the joy of knowing Christ. Does that mean we're perfect? No. Does that mean uh, that we sin purposely? If you are sinning purposefully and willingly, You need to read 1 John because it says, He who continues in sin is none of his. So, Alex, the whole idea is once you're in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians, we are a new creation. We're different. Yes, you have the old nature, and yes, there's a battle, but I want to tell you, God is winning that battle in us and through us, and at the end, the whole idea, will he be able to say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's what we're striving for, isn't it?
1: It is, and doesn't this verse Romans eight one meshes so well with Galatians five sixteen? Walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Joe, thanks for a good question, good observation there, uh, Dwight in Texas. Dwight, welcome to Exploring the Word.
3: Thank you, sir. Uh, I've read through the Bible again, and Revelation, I'm not sure if it's chapter four verse five or chapter five verse four but he said he's seen the seven lampstands, and the seven lampstands represent the seven spirits of God. Now, uh, if I read it right, what do they mean by the seven spirits of God?
2: Okay, Dwight, thank you for that question. Well, Alex, I think we get this at least once mm-hmm. a year. Uh, you know, yeah. let me ask this, and I'll we'll just start it off. Seven, is, does it have the idea of completion? Always does, complete and perfect but is God divided into spirits?
1: Um, no, great question. Um, hey, by the way, it's been said that the Old Testament is the background music to the New Testament. Now, in Revelations, uh, Revelation 4, 5, um, it speaks of the seven spirits of God uh, as seven burning lamps that are before God's throne. Now, Bert, back in Zechariah 4, verse 2, Just remember Revelation 4 and Zechariah 4. Zechariah had a vision of the Holy Spirit um, as, quote, a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps upon it. Now, we know there's one God. And so, uh, don't, you know, we look at Scripture in light of Scripture. So, we don't take this to mean that there are seven gods or seven Holy Spirits. Um, That would be polytheism. But, Bert, I think it speaks of the perfection of God, the completion of God. Now, the, uh, the, in Revelation, some of the, the, the lampstands or candlesticks are like churches shining the light of the gospel. And obviously, the church is only the church when the church is led by and filled with the Holy Spirit. But, um, Bert, I think the seven spirits of God that could see everything and have all power, I think it speaks to completeness and perfection in terms of God's ability and God's power and God's work in this world.
2: I agree. The only thing that I would add to that, the ministries of the Holy Spirit, uh, they come into the believer to indwell us. But he also empowers us. He also leads us. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit is multi, okay? Now, I don't know if you could limit it to seven areas of of ministry. You know what I'm saying? But I know, in other words, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have God. It's complete, the perfection. You don't have to wait for more of God. God's already got. What you need to do is give yourself totally to God As God brings new things into our lives, I use this illustration. I was saved when I was 12. I started driving uh, an automobile when I was 15. Guess what I needed to do, Alex? I needed to bring my driving under the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, every Hmm. time something new comes into a believer's life, we need to say, Lord, I want you to occupy this room of my life. I want to tell you there's victory, and that's what it means walking in the Spirit, because as you walk, you're going to develop and have more things come in your life, and that's where God comes in and to occupy those things.
1: Amen. Good questions. Well, we're going to go to Mississippi, great state of Mississippi, talking to Robert. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you all for taking my call. I have a question out of Matthew chapter 13. Uh, forty four and forty five. The pearl of uh, okay. the parable of the hidden hidden treasure. Someone told me that parable meant the nation of Israel. And the parable of the great pearl. They said that was
3: the parable of the church. And someone else have told me they were speaking about these two parables, speaking of Jesus Christ. Could you enlighten me on that?
2: Okay, thank you, Robert. Per- great question. Alex, when you get to chapter 13, if you have a red-letter edition, guess what? It occupies. It's
1: just, all red. It
2: is all red. But you have parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the leaven, the parable of the tares. And again, let me read these, and, and we'll set it up. Again, that is an important word. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden hidden in a field, Which a man found and hid, and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Then, verse 45 and 46 Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, whom, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Alex, when you read that, it says something. It's not necessarily saying you can buy it, but it's willing that you are, this is the most important thing object or the most important uh, part of your life, and you're going to get it, whatever it costs. Go ahead.
1: Well, uh, God bless you, Robert, and thank you for listening. I think in verse 44, uh, the kingdom of heaven like a man who found a a treasure in a field, and he did everything possible to go get that field so he would have the treasure therein. Um, I think what that is saying is, Um, The gospel is worth whatever it costs you to get Jesus into your life. It doesn't matter what you, quote, give up or what you've got to do, that the treasure uh, in life is Jesus, and there's no price too high to pay to get to Jesus. Now, at 45 and 46, of course, John Steinbeck famously used that phrase, the pearl of great price. He wrote the pearl which is a great American novel, but it really means the pearl of greatest value, the jewel, the most precious jewel. Now, what is the most precious thing in your life? Your relationship with Christ, the Savior. And so imagine a merchant who's looking for goodly pearls or valuable things. And, you know, a lot of things in life that are valuable, but Jesus surpasses them all. And, Bert, I think what verse 46 is saying, when you find the most precious thing in life, you'll let go of everything else to get that pearl. And, friend, I want to tell you, and we could make a grocery list of things, nothing is more important, more urgent, more valuable than the Lord Jesus being in your life as your Savior. Uh, Let go of anything else, but grasp on to Jesus.
2: And, and Robert... With that said, I agree fully with Alex. It's the gospel. It's that relationship with Jesus Christ. The pearl of great price is that. And, and, and the field, the hidden treasure is in Christ, uh, for it being the church in Israel, I, I don't see that in this passage. Uh, you know, Alex, I, don't, uh, I, I still think it's the gospel. It's the relationship Amen. we have with Christ. So, Robert, that's, uh, we appreciate you calling in and thanks. Where did we go to next, Alex?
1: Uh gonna go to the Commonwealth of Virginia <laughs> and talk to Ruth, a good Bible name, Ruth in Virginia. Welcome.
3: Thank you so much for taking my call. This may be a strange question.
1: I'm just curious, does God still love Satan, Lucifer with everything that's happened and the fallen angels?
2: Ruth. Thank you. Mm. I, I want to tell you, uh, my I and mean, Jan's niece had a little girl, and she was teaching her, man, they teach how to relate the Word of God in lives and it's talking about loving one another. And that was her question to her mom. Does Satan, Does God still love Satan? And, and do, do we pray for him? Because it's talking about praying for everyone. Uh, that mother decides she'd call Jan and get Jan's input on it alex uh <laughs> that that's a good question, Ruth. Does God love Lucifer? I don't think he loves him in the point of knowing that he can be redeemed. I do not right and right. and so with that kind of love, I' absolutely say no, Alex, what would you say?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for this really good question. Uh, I would say no. (laughs) The Bible says that Satan is uh, a murderer, a liar, the father of lies, the enemy of God, the accuser of God's people. He's called the wicked one, a deceiver. Now, Satan is everything that the character of the eternal God is not. And let me just say this, Bert. um, I think we tend to anthropomorphize God. In other words, we make God like us. And I I don't know, I don't mean to read too much into this, but maybe we say, well, I know, you know, I have a child who has a tantrum and misbehaves, and, you know, they disappointed me, but they're they're still my child, and I love them. Lucifer is different in that, I mean, one of the highest created angels, and James 2 verse 19 says that Satan and the demons, they know a lot about God. Now, Bert, um, we, we've talked about this before. I mean, there's, there's mean, there's cruel, there's evil, but the strongest, most powerful word that I can think of to describe evil is the word wicked. Now, think about how wicked Satan is, knowing that the soul of a person lives forever knowing that there's no second chance after death. And yet Satan lures people into dying without Jesus. That is wicked. People would suffer forever. The, the fallen angels going to suffer in the lake of fire forever, causing violence and battles and abuse and all the stuff he caused. So let me say this. God does not love Satan or his deeds. Satan is wicked. Not just bad, I'm going to say wicked. And God hates wickedness. Now, God loves the church. God loves whoever will turn and believe in him. So um, don't, don't assume that there's ever going to be some tearful reunion. Satan has cast his die to overthrow God. It's not going to happen. And he will suffer eternally for what he's done and for what he's done to the souls of people.
2: Ruth, thank you. And I think we answered questions that was being asked by a lot of people. And that is where Lucifer is. And he, when you think about the antichrist, the dragon and all of those uh, references to Satan and his minions, Alex, uh, they're against God. And like Mm. we had in Psalm uh, 83, if you're against God and you're a follower of Christ, they're against you, aren't they? Mm.
1: Wow. Well, folks, thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Keep your radio tuned to the great programming of the American Family Radio Network. And uh, you ought to get the app, and you can go online, AFR.net, find the station in your area. Stay connected. Folks, tell somebody about Exploring the Word, but most of all, tell everybody
3: about Jesus.